0: You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host Mike. You're from Fifth Quarter. Uh, Dan from ACC Content will not be joining me this evening. Uh, he had some other things he had to deal with, and completely understand how sometimes you just need a little break from all of this. So, Dan. If if, and when you listen to this, man, I appreciate everything you do. I'm going to be riding solo on this one. Uh, We're going to be doing a breakdown of every single ACC bowl game as well as playoff matchup. Uh, Obviously, I'm recording this Monday night. Uh, This will be out later tonight with the game coming on. Uh, Tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to be previewing the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando between Miami and Oklahoma State. Obviously, this has been a crazy year. Miami got a really positive um, news story that came out earlier this week with the Eric King returning for 2021. So that does help a little bit as well in my thought of just the motivational factor for this bowl game because I would like to think that if you got a guy like the Eric King coming back, the excitement that comes with that, that, this team is going to be excited to be here because again, this is a game that could have some issues just again because we're looking at just an overall interesting setup. Um, you know, It's been a bowl season where half the ACC opted out so obviously Miami's last game did not end all that well against North Carolina, and what was a battle for an Orange Bowl spot, and well, we saw what happened, Miami got ran all over the field, which is cause for concern if you're a Canes fan going into this game, because Oklahoma State's biggest weapon has been on the ground. Obviously, Oklahoma State is without their best and one of the best running backs in the entire country. And Chuba Hubbard, who has opted out. I've actually gotten the luxury to watch Oklahoma State in person a few times this year. Between their absolute demantle of Kansas. I saw them play Kansas State as well in a very close game. And I saw them uh, beat Iowa State, who obviously was the Big 12's darling uh, up until the championship game. Where, of course, OU took care of business there. But... Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a ranked matchup, so definitely exciting. Uh, it's going to happen at 5.30 tomorrow on ESPN, so love that I'm going to get off work. Hopefully, you guys will, too, and you get to turn on some college football. Um, you know, obviously, having no bowl games today has been kind of sad. Uh, today would have been the military bowl and one of my favorite ACC bowl games I work it every year, but, um, you know, Oklahoma State is coming in as the favorite, or are looking at a Now one-point spread. It opened at a a two-and-a-half-point favorite for the Cowboys. Um, ESPN's FPI predictor does have Oklahoma State winning 54.8% of the time. But this is a matchup that I think does bode well for Miami. However, Oklahoma State's defense is the biggest question here. Oklahoma State's defense has been one of the best. When you think Big 12, you think a team that's going to slow you down or uh, excuse me, give up a lot of plays, and, you know, it's explosive plays. It's a shootout type of team. Oklahoma State is not that. In their last game of the regular season, they looked incredible. They destroyed Baylor 42-3, on a team that had some COVID issues, but 42-3 on any Power 5 team is impressive. This uh, Oklahoma State team did struggle with the likes of TCU, <clears throat> got rolled by Oklahoma, lost in overtime to Texas. Um, but a lot of their games, when it comes to when they win, it's pretty close. That Kansas State game I attended was a 20-18 to win. They did beat Tulsa 16-7. to That's a good win looking back on it. Um, you know, they had 24-21 Iowa State. Uh, Texas, the Texas game, obviously, was 41-34, to but that one was, again, an overtime game. And really, Texas kind of created the type of shootout that was necessary for the TCU loss 29-22. So I think the Canes should be able to slow down this offense. Um, you know just giving a quick little look into what for those that don't follow college football at the level that I do just give you a little bit of insight on who Oklahoma State is we've talked about Miami on this podcast if you follow the ACC you know what to kind of expect from Miami so I just want to break down Oklahoma State just a little bit more obviously their quarterback is Spencer Sanders I personally think the Shane Ellingworth their backup who played in I guess the role of was the third string quarterback Um, actually had to play against Tulsa because Sanders was out and then um, Bullock had struggled a little bit, but I think Shane Ellingworth is obviously the quarterback of the future for the pokes, but also just a really incredible piece. Wouldn't be shocked if we see him a little bit as well in this one, but the biggest thing for Oklahoma state is just their ability to use their backs. I mean, Chuba Hubbard again was the, was the top number one back, but really in the game, especially that I saw I was really, really impressed with guys like Desmond Jackson, who was their number two back, who had 526 yards so far on 93 carries. we're looking at 5.5 yards per carry. That's pretty daggone good. They've also had some success with LD Brown. He's phenomenal. He's a senior. He's going to be going all out for this game. Uh, So I really like what I see from Oklahoma State's rushing attack. Spencer Sanders is mobile. Ellingworth, not so much, so got to keep an eye on him. But when I say mobile, it's not a Eric King mobile. It's more like... Maybe a Sam Hartman type mobile where, you know, he can use his legs when he needs to, but he's, that's not his go-to thing. Uh, Tylen Wallace is fantastic. I do believe he has opted out. Uh, I do want to confirm that with you. Dylan Stoner, though, the other receiver, has been phenomenal. My biggest thing with Dylan Stoner, though, is his ability in the special teams. He's a phenomenal kickoff and punt returner. So watch for him to be very explosive, and that could potentially kill Miami as well. But this is a team again that eh, special teams. Uh, it's going to be a fun kicking matchup for those of you that like to watch the kickers. Obviously, Jose Borales um, has been phenomenal for the Canes, first team All ACC. But on the back, on the flip side, for Oklahoma State, they have a guy named Alex Hale, a sophomore who really is phenomenal. Has not missed an extra point this year. Hopefully, putting that out in the air a little bit. Was also 13 to 14 on field goals with a long of 44. So this is the type of guy that I mean. He's reliable, and and Mike Gundy speaks very highly of him. So it's going to be huge for Oklahoma State if they can't settle for t- touchdowns. At least they can almost bank on getting three if they get within that forty-five and under range for Hale. So when we talk, when we talk about this matchup. I about keys to victory here for the Canes. Number one is going to be slowing down the run. I mean, we saw what um, North Carolina did against Miami last time out for the Canes, and. We won't go too much into that with the 750 yards between, you know, the two-headed monster that is, you know, that Chapel Hill running <laughs> running core that, well, that, uh, you know, Coach Mac Brown has going over there. But, you know, this is not the same. If Chuba Hubbard was in the lineup, I would be immensely concerned because you've got three backs that can kill you. Now it's just two, and though I do like L.D. Brown, He is not the level of a Michael Carter or Javante Williams. Um, So obviously that number two back is not as good as the number two back. And honestly, I don't even think that, you know, really Chuba Hubbard is probably as good as Michael Carter. So we're talking about, you know, they just lost their equivalent of that. So I think we're not looking at as dangerous of a threat. And Sam Howell is a much better quarterback than Spencer Sanders is. So I do like that as well going towards the Canes. But if they can slow Oklahoma State on the run and make... Spencer Sanders beat him in the air. That's not going to happen. I mean, Kansas State is not a very good football team. And they were literally, if they had better play calling, not going for two in early situations, and not fumbling at the six-yard line that gets returned all the way for a touchdown for Oklahoma State in that game, Kansas State wins. So this is a Miami team, that, though that UNC lost as bad. That's still a top-25 team. So they're only lost to top-20 teams playing in New Year's Six Bowl games. I think that this Oklahoma State team... Is getting a lot of love because of what happened, especially when it comes to the Vegas odds, uh, what happened to Miami in that last game, and everyone loves to go, well, Miami's a fluke, and don't get me wrong, they're not what they were, they aren't, but this is a Miami team that I do expect to improve and be able to slow down the run game, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of opt-outs for this game in terms of for Miami, so... Huge on that front. You need to see a good, you know, rush from Quincy Roche. Um, so, again, this is a team that I do feel that's going to be able to slow the run. And if they can make Spencer Sanders beat them with his arm, I don't think it's going to end well for the Pokes. So that's my first, obviously, key to victory. Number two, let Dierick King play his game. I mean, Oklahoma State loves to get after the quarterback. But Oklahoma State, in a lot of games where they've played a more mobile quarterback... Has struggled. I mean, Kansas State runs with the quarterback all the time. Skyler Skyler Thompson, excuse me, was out for that game, so they had Will Howard. By no means is he a very good quarterback. He's young. He's inexperienced. He doesn't have the ability to beat you with his arm like De'Aaron King was. And you know they were able to slow him. But Sam Ellinger had a very good day on the ground with the mobile quarterbacks, and we saw what that kind of threat of a mobile quarterback can do to this Oklahoma State defense in the Bedlam game against OU, where Spencer Rattler went off. So this is a team that, again, is going to struggle when it comes to just with that mobile quarterback. They have that issue there. It's a phenomenal defense, top two, I would say, in the Big 12, maybe top three. You can make the argument for West Virginia and TCU being up there. Um, Kansas State's been pretty well on defense defense towards the early parts of the year kind of faded away down the stretch but um this is one of those teams that I, i think when it comes to who's wants to be there more i'm gonna go with miami and you know some people might say well miami got killed by unc so why are they not quitting that makes no sense micah oklahoma state was the big 12 darling i mean we're talking about the preseason favorite to win the big 12 by many uh them and ou were supposed to be in the title game Oklahoma State didn't even get there. I don't know if any of you guys ever watch. ESPN Plus has a great series called, I believe it's Our Time, and it's about Oklahoma State's program. They follow them around. I've really enjoyed watching it, getting to kind of see behind the scenes of that program and obviously getting to see what that COVID protocol is like for them and the Big 12 in general. But they they haven't quit. I wouldn't say that. But this was a team that from the very beginning of the show until the very end – was all about getting to the Big 12 championship game. And they didn't get there. And yes, they blew out Baylor. That's incredible. But I almost feel like that was kind of their, not we're done kind of thing, but that was their little final hoorah. That's their pushing point for next year. The guys, a lot of those key players said, I'm done. So keep an eye on that. That's something I'm a little bit, again, concerned about because you know you could have that with Miami as well, but The Derek King news to me is what makes me feel more comfortable that Miami is the team that wants to be there more. Um, So keep an eye on that because if that's the case, these teams are pretty much neck and neck and with what is considered still available with opt-outs and injuries, I would lean Miami being the better team overall. So in that case, you know, I would feel more comfortable taking the canes when it comes to that type of motivational factor. So, you know, again, being able to use Eric King and both of his weapons, both with his arms and on the ground, will be huge for the Canes. And then obviously being motivated. Kind of combine my two and three key factors there. So obviously I've been hinting at it. This is not ACC bias kicking in. This is just generally from what I saw and what I feel. I will take Miami to cover the spread of two-and-a-half-point underdogs while also winning this game. Um, I just... <laughs> I know Miami, in bowl games especially, I've been in person for two of their last three, actually three of their last four, excuse me, have not gone well. I watched Wisconsin roll them both in the Orange Bowl and in the Pinstripe Bowl, and I watched them uh, as well kind of struggle when it was, oh man, I'm drawing a blank now, who it was they played, but Miami bowl games, not the best bet. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, Mike Gundy is very good in bowl games, uh, this Pokes team does find ways to win. Last time they played in the Cheez-It Bowl, then it was the Camping World Bowl. It was obviously between Oklahoma State and Virginia Tech. Uh, that was actually four years ago. No, 2017, so three years ago today. Um, Josh Jackson had a pretty good game for the Hokies, but Oklahoma State came out on top. So, an ACC Bowl games, kind of hit or miss. So, I, <laughs> the guy that likes to talk history, not so good on that kind of feeling. But I'm going to go with the Canes here, and I think it's going to be... Not a shootout. I don't want to go 48 something, but I'm thinking 35 31, something like that. I don't think that Miami is going to be able to slow down the rushing attack, like in terms of just completely eliminating the rushing game for the pokes. But I do think that in the end, when it matters the most, I feel most comfortable with DeArick King versus Spencer Sanders. And I I just feel better overall about the offenses when it comes to Miami versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's defense, I do believe, is a little bit better than Miami, especially from what we saw uh, after that UNC game, but I don't think it's drastic. We've seen some really bad lapses as well for Oklahoma State. I think it's just, again, people are kind of going with the whole Miami in a bowl game trend and, well, we saw what happened with Miami and North Carolina last time out, so... I appreciate everybody listening. I'm excited for this one. This is one of the few ranked bowl games we have left. That's not a New Year's 6, which is crazy to think about. Bowl season, unfortunately, unlike many uh unlike most years, is just going by way too quickly, just because there really isn't much games. Obviously, no games today. Uh, this is normally a big time for games, and of course we're getting, we're talking about games here um, you know, tomorrow, but we only have two tomorrow. We keep losing them left and right. We would have had three, but obviously we saw the cancellation of the Iowa and Missouri game due to some COVID issues in Missouri that would have been Wednesday, but, you know, hopefully we don't lose too many. Hopefully we don't lose any ACC bowl games. I'd love to see this kind of end out with a bang considering, of course, we've seen some opt-outs from some teams that think could have made some noise in bowl season, including Virginia, Virginia Tech, Boston College, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, with that being said, I appreciate everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed, you know, this podcast. If you have any feedback, any thoughts, if you think that I'm crazy for picking Miami after what we saw against North Carolina, let me know. Would love to hear it. Again, you can at me at fifth quarter ACC as at FQ But again, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, as a Wake Forest fan, I don't normally like to cheer for, you know, like say go Canes or anything like that. But throws from use up. Go Canes. Hopefully we see the turnover change some. Uh, shout out to my really good friend Hayden. He actually joined us on the pod not too long ago, of course, uh, in our playoff scenario thing. He runs fifth quarter CCU, but he is a diehard Miami fan from birth. So credit to him. He goes to way too many Miami games. He'll actually be in attendance for this one. So super jealous of you, Hayden. You got to, spend, you got to see your shot to clear lose a heartbreaking one in Orlando on Saturday. Hopefully you get a, little bit, a better experience on Tuesday for your beloved Canes. But again, everybody, thank you for listening. And uh, Dan, I appreciate you. Look forward to getting you hopefully back on the podcast uh, when we start previewing the Wake Forest and Wisconsin game and what is the formerly, artist formerly known as Belk Bowl, now currently known as, of course, the Duke Mayo's Bowl. So with that being said, everyone, please be safe. Please be, wear a mask. Be careful. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and hopefully a Happy New Year as well to come. And thank you again for listening. And as always, it just means a little bit less. And go ACC.